Yes, sir. It's about that time. Welcome to the True Destination Show, and this is your host, Tandile Maekiso. We're going to have a good time. We're going to be talking about the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I hope you guys have been having a wonderful week today. As I said, we're talking about the restoration. Now, I do need to answer this. And this is a question. What is the restoration? What does it mean? What is it talking about when it talks about the restoration? The restoration talks about how we bring back the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, let me read a definition. Making something as it was. Re-establishing it. Bringing it anew. After truth and authority had been lost from the earth, the gospel were restored through the prophet Joseph Smith. Restoration differs from reformation in that to reform means to modify an existing organization or practice in an effort to return it to its original state, while to restore means to re-establish or renew the original organization or practice in its entirety. So we have a lot of reformations that are happening today. Lots of churches knowingly and unknowingly are performing what we call a reformation, trying to bring back something that was initially full on the earth, meaning as the gospel was taught in its fullness here on the earth. But because of wickedness and because of what we call an apostasy and i should say that an apostasy is when individuals the church or entire nation forsake or abandon the gospel of jesus christ apostasy results in division confusion and loss of priesthood authority or the right to act in the name of jesus christ i'm gonna be using a lot of words that a lot of people might not know so i i feel i should mention what is the priesthood the priesthood is the authority and the power of god god gives this power to men to act in his name the ironic priesthood was restored through joseph smith by john the baptist who baptized jesus the Melchizedek priesthood were restored by peter james and john three of jesus 12 apostles now what is the ironic priesthood the ironic priesthood is the lesser authority that God gives to men. And the Melchizedek priesthood is the higher authority that God gives to men. Now both are the priesthood and they both perform sacred ordinances. Now obviously they differ in what they do, but they have the same mandate which is to serve the Lord's children, right? And if there's questions on these, um, please let me know. Feel free to ask me, okay? Now, let's go back. Restoration. Where did it all begin? It began with Jesus Christ when he was on the earth. We all know the stories of Jesus Christ. He came, performed miracles, baptized people, healed the sick, got those that were blind to see, those that were deaf to hear. He woke the dead. He did a lot of miracles. And because of those miracles, we are today in blessing and in line with receiving the same blessings 
that those people had been receiving in previous generations. Today, the Lord's church is upon the face of the earth. But how do we know this? And how can we trace it back? Well, we have to start from the beginning, right? So as I said, Jesus Christ is on the earth. And what he did was he had disciples, right? Everyone knows he had disciples. But most importantly, he had 12 disciples. Peter, James, John, Andrew, all these other 12 guys. And then what later happened is he taught with these guys. Because later on, we know that many leave him. Many leave the Lord's presence or Jesus Christ's presence because they were tired of the miracles or they weren't performing miracles anymore. You know, they weren't being fed with five loaves, loaves anymore, right? And so many left. And I love this. I love what happens because Jesus Christ then turns to his apostles and asks them the very powerful question. He turns and looks at his apostles and asks them, will you also go away? We all know that Peter replied, To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And that's powerful. And that's the most important thing that we can know about Jesus Christ. And obviously if you want to know this verse, so it's in John chapter 6 verses 67. That's, that's very powerful. Thou hast the words of eternal life. No one is going to give us the miracles that you have. No one's going to bless us the way that you have. So to whom shall we go? Right? And we, do, we need to ask ourselves these questions as well. If we are to leave our safe nets, to whom shall we go? If we are to leave home and live in a bad way, to whom are you going to feel the family love? If you were to leave your husband or your wife going and cheating, to whom shall you receive the love? Well, I might, I might not be correct on this and I might not be, but come on, don't leave your husbands, don't leave your wives. If you got married, stay in your marriage. Make your marriage work, no matter how difficult or hard it may be. Stay in your marriages. Because marriages are eternal and marriages are a blessing that God gives to men so that we are able to perform what he has always asked his children to multiply and replenish the earth and grow the children in a loving environment with a husband and wife lawfully wedded you see now let's go back to our lesson restoration in luke chapter 9 verses 1 and 2 now only 12 are left what he then does is he calls his 12 disciples together and he gave them the power and the authority over all the devils to cure all diseases and he sent them to preach the kingdom of god and to heal the sick right so this was their mandate they were to heal the sick and to perform miracles but all of that was done because he gave them the authority now we might remember that he gave peter the keys to seal on earth to bind on earth what, sorry, what he binds on earth to be bound in heaven and what is bound in heaven to be bound on earth. And what that simply means is Peter received 
that authority which would enable him to call upon the heavens for a famine, to call upon the heavens to marry people, to baptize people, because all those things are part of what God commands his children to do, to teach the gospel and to baptize those that are repentant. What I love is when Jesus Christ then teaches the apostles. He says to them in Ephesians chapter 19 and 20, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of apostles, prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. Sorry, let me actually, this is Paul writing to the Ephesians. These are this, this is not Jesus Christ. This is Paul writing to the Ephesians, the saints in, in Ephesus. And he informs them that you are no more strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the household of God because you are built upon the foundation of apostles, prophets, with Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone, meaning as the head of the church. Without Jesus Christ, none of this would be there. So that's very important to know and note. Now, the second thing we need to understand is that when the Lord was here, he established one church. And where do we know this? In Ephesians chapter 4, in his verses 5, it says, One Lord, one faith, one baptism. We are to have one Lord that we worship, one Lord that we kneel down and pray to, one Lord that we think about all the time. We are to have one faith, meaning we are to have one church that we gather, one church that we assemble ourselves as God's children. And now we were to have one baptism, one form of receiving the gift of life after death, right? Because you, you remember that in John, when Jesus Christ is speaking to to Nicodemus and Nicodemus has certain questions or specific questions and he asks him in, in fact I'm just going to read from from John chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 therefore was a man of Pharisee of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews and the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him rabbi we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Very, very, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born with when he is old? Can he enter the second time in his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Powerful. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. When Paul is talking to the saints, he says to them, One Lord, one faith, one baptism, because this is the only form that you cannot afford to miss. This is the only way you cannot afford to not receive. This is the only thing that you, you, you must receive when you are here on earth, to be baptized of water and of the Spirit. But then, how does all of this go? How does it work, right? Well, 
he explains it further why he why Jesus Christ established the church in this manner in verses 9 he says no no in verses 11 he says and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists prophets and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ you have to understand that the the lord's church was established for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith meaning till we all are together in a one in 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 the church of Jesus Christ and of the knowledge of the son of god unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine and by the sleight of men and their cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive many people are deceived today many people don't know the truth many people are seeking they know that something is missing they know that something just doesn't add up something is not right but they stay but they endure you know because they just don't know where to go or they don't know where to turn to and it's unfortunate that it's like this because Jesus Christ didn't want things to be like this and i definitely know that god didn't want things to be like this right and how do i know this because he says it himself he actually says it in in the in first corinthians in fact if we were to go there in first corinthians the lord speaks to us the lord teaches us in in first corinthians chapter 14 um, verses 33 for god is not the author of confusion but of peace in all the churches of the saints so he is not a god of confusion but of peace in all the churches of the saints you have to understand that in all the churches of the saints the church in the biblical times you know it was all over the place it was in the corinthians it was found among the hebrews colossians thessalonians philippians ephesians and so many other places but it was led and guided by one person which is jesus christ remember we are built upon the foundation of apostles prophets jesus christ being the chief cornerstone for the unity of the saints for the edifying of the body of christ until we all come in the unity of the faith and so it's very important that we understand this now jesus christ teaches he is slain his apostles are slain and what what would happen because these are the same people that had the priesthood these are the same people that had the authority that had the authority to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ to baptize um in the right manner but now you are taking them away what do you think would happen if you take away the apostles what what's going to happen confusion obviously right and lots and lots and lots of confusion trust me and we are going to learn something very powerful in amos chapter 8 verses 11 and 12 it says behold the days come saith the lord god that i will send a famine in the land 
not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Who shall not find this? You have to understand that Amos wrote this. This was before Christ came. Who was not gonna, which famine was to come? When we understand the scriptures, there was no famine before Christ came. The P, um, not Peter, but John, John the Baptist was, was preaching and he was setting the way for Christ. And so when Christ came, he taught the gospel, he preached, performed miracles, and then he performed the atonement. One will ask, what is the atonement? The atonement is the event that enables us to be reconciled to God. To atone is to suffer the penalty for sin, thereby removing the effects of sin from the repentant sinners. Jesus Christ was the only one capable of making a perfect atonement for all mankind. His atonement including, included his suffering for our sins, the shedding of his blood, and his death and resurrection. Because of the atonement, everyone who has lived will be resurrected. The atonement also provides us with a way to be forgiven of our sins and to live forever with God. And that's how important the atonement is. And that's how important it is that we understand how significant and important Jesus Christ's role was, you see. But then you kill them, you kill him, right? And he ascends to heaven to be with his father. He leaves the apostles, but he gives them a comfort that I will not leave thee alone. You know, I will send thee a comforter. Obviously, that's the Holy Ghost. But then, one by one, the apostles were killed, crucified, exiled, up until there was no longer the priesthood on the earth. Because the Lord will not dwell in wickedness. The Lord will not dwell in sin. He does not delight in sin. No amount of sin is right to him. Sin is sin, and that's it. And so he took his authority back to him. And there was no authority on the earth. And many were wondering where to find the gospel, how to teach the gospel. But because there was no one to lead them and to guide them, they were lost, they were confused. And because they wanted the gospel of Jesus Christ to be part of their lives, they tried to teach what Jesus Christ was teaching. They tried to bring back the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hence, we have so many churches today because people are trying to reform Jesus Christ's church. People are trying to reform what Jesus Christ was teaching and preaching. And lots of churches today have parts of the truth, but they don't have the fullness of the gospel because it had been taken away. And the young boy named Joseph Smith, 14 years of old, and many might, might find this shocking, but God and Jesus Christ appeared to this, to this boy. And they answered his question, which was, which of this church should I join? In fact, he, 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 he asked, why do we have so many churches today? And among these churches, which one should I join? Now, before we talk about Joseph Smith, there's something very important we need to understand to confirm what Amos in chapter 8, verse, uh, verses 11 and 12 had said. 
in Acts chapter 1 verses 6 and 7 it says now this is talking about the apostles when they were gathering with Jesus Christ and they were asking him questions before Jesus Christ ascended into heaven this is after Jesus Christ resurrected he answers that um, this is what it says it says when they when they therefore were come together they asked of him saying Lord wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel and he said unto them it is not for you to know the time the times or the seasons which the father hath put in his own power this is talking about the bringing back of the gospel of Jesus Christ on the earth the restoration they knew that at some point of time the gospel of Jesus Christ would need to be restored hence they ask would thou restore again the kingdom of Israel at this time and he said right now is not the time in fact for you it's not needful that you know the times or the seasons which the father put in his own power all things have been done in the wisdom of him who knoweth all things and that's God and so darkness came upon the face of the earth and we call this the dark ages where people were wandering scouting looking for the gospel and we have legendary people that are recognized to be part of the reformation they, these people had tried to bring back what was taught by Jesus Christ people such as Martin Luther John Calvin all these guys they tried to reform but it wasn't the restoration it was the reformation and i don't want to name name churches and so i'm not going to name any churches but you'll do your research when it comes to Martin Luther and John Calvin and which churches they established you see let's talk about Joseph Smith 14 years of old he has a question which of these churches should i join we need to understand that Joseph Smith was a young boy and he was part of a big family his members of his family were were part of many churches right so his own household was was just as confused as everyone else was everyone had their own church to go to and so it bothered him why why is it that everyone we are a family but we are divided when it comes to a church this bothered him so much up until he came across a verse or a scripture and this is in James chapter 1 verses 5 it says if any of you lack wisdom let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally and abradeth and abradeth not and it shall be given him which basically means that if you if you need any question if you if you are confused about anything ask of God and he will answer you and this is what Joseph Smith did he asked God which of these churches should i join and he recorded his experience and he said i saw a pillar of light exactly over my head above the brightness of the sun gradually descended at, until it fell upon me and when the light rested upon me i saw two personages whose brightness and glory defy all description standing above me in the air one of them spake unto me calling me by name and said pointing to the other this is my beloved son hear him when jesus christ was baptized words came saying this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased and now we hear the same words but he uses them in a different context this is my beloved son 
hear him. And he answered Joseph's question, and he told him not to join any of the churches. Though they had the gospel, though their mouths draw nearer to him, but their hearts were far from him. They would call upon his name, but their hearts were far from him. And this is my personal opinion, but I'm thinking to myself, when Jesus Christ said that there'll be a time when these pastors and these uh, leaders, these people that prophesy that they do miracles, and they will say to, to Heavenly Father, we did miracles in your name. And he, and he will say to them, I did not know you, get the hands. And that would be a sad experience because these are the same people that deceive our brothers and sisters out there. These are the same people that confuse our brothers and sisters out there. They confuse the people and they, and they allow them away into canal captivity only because they want money and wealth and they are getting wealth out of these people. Jesus Christ, when he was here on the earth, he never asked anyone for money. Why then aren't we to ask ourselves, why are we requested money when we go to church? Why must we pay the pastor for giving us his service? Jesus Christ voluntarily served and so should we. No one should be paid for the ministry. And so Jesus Christ spoke with Joseph Smith, told him how he would restore the church through him. And this would be by receiving the authority, obviously. He had to receive the authority because no, nothing, it would be void if he were to try to restore it. Will, he would be performing a reformation as well. Joseph Smith would be performing a reformation. He needed, he needed the priesthood to perform a restoration. And so he did get the, the, the priesthood from John who held the keys to baptize. He, who held, as I called earlier, the Aaronic priesthood. And then later on he received the Melchizedek priesthood, which is the higher authority as I mentioned, from Peter, James and John, the original apostles of Jesus Christ. They came as heavenly angels and conferred to him the priesthood. And there began the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ which today we have the Church of Jesus Christ as named the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If you want to know any church that is any close to how Jesus Christ established his church on the earth, it will be the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I have done my research, I have read, and I know that truly the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the Lord's Church and it has been restored through the prophet Joseph Smith. And how can one know that all of this is true? By reading what we call the Book of Mormon. It is one that will help us to understand and know truly that Joseph Smith was a prophet called of God. That is it for today's show. Thank you all for listening. And please support and subscribe and follow and like so that I can be able to create more content for you guys. Next episode, we'll be talking more about the Book of Mormon so that we can know exactly why we have it and how it can help us to know truly how Joseph Smith was a prophet called of God. We'll talk to you next time.